there was once one ring of power, right? Nine rings distributed to the human, the human leaders of Middle Earth, but there was this one ring that had the power to control them all. And whoever wore this ring of power could rule Middle Earth for good or more likely for evil. The fearful message inscribed on that ring goes like this. It says, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in darkness to bind them. You probably recognize J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy. It tells the story of the epic quest to save all of Middle-earth by destroying this ring of power. The only way it could be destroyed, to throw it into the, the fires burning deeply in Mount Doom in the middle of Mordor. Right? Those movies, even better, the books, tell a powerful story in a spectacular way. Only, I would argue that the story that they tell isn't primarily a story about the destruction of this ring of power. The story they tell is really primarily a story about community. It's a story about this company of, of nine unlikely heroes, right? Two men, one elf, one dwarf, one wizard, and four little hobbits, right? The fellowship of the ring. It's a band of diverse people who bonded together around one purpose and they learned how to put up with each other. Not just to put up with their disagreements and differences, but they learned in the end how to truly love and care for each other. They learned how to be a true fellowship. Okay, and the company that you and I are a part of today this company here called the church, a few more than nine of us here, we could learn a lot from that fictional fellowship. How we relate to each other, how we learn to truly love each other or don't love each other is our story that we are busy telling the world around us right now. Take out your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 John. The book of 1 John chapter 1, the very beginning, the start. Because in these first four verses, the introduction to this short book, the Apostle John writes out for us the script that God has called us to live out together so that we might rightly tell his story to the world. So listen carefully, verses 1 through 4 of 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. 
probably picked up the one word that's repeated twice in those verses. And remember from our, our study of Scripture, when a, when a word is repeated often in a short span, you need to pay attention to that word. Right? Your, your ears should perk up. So, so here in this section, John starts by reminding us in the first two verses of the heart of his message, of what he's really all about. He reminds us of the story of Jesus Christ. The Son of God who came and lived, who died and rose again. John says, we saw it. We touched him. We know that it's true. And he's telling his story of Jesus so that, verse 3, so that we may have fellowship with him. And so that we might join him in the fellowship he has with God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. The word he repeats is fellowship. And I think we don't give that word the weight that it rightly deserves. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word fellowship, it's, it's really kind of a churchy word, isn't it? And so when I hear the word fellowship, I think of the, the classic church potluck. I think of a big room where people are holding a cookie and a cup of coffee in another hand, where they're, they're telling stories to each other, they're smiling. I think of friendly conversation. That's fellowship, right? I doubt that's what Acts 2.42 had in mind when the early church said that they devoted themselves to the fellowship. I don't think they devoted themselves to being friendly. I don't think they devoted themselves to learning how to smile a lot and make small talk over a cup of coffee. What we read as fellowship is translated from the ancient Greek word Koinonia, a word that's familiar around here. We have a ministry called koinonia, single mom's ministry. Right? And, and the root word for koinonia comes from the word koinos, which means common. You need to remember that, common. Because that key root word is, is, is key for understanding rightly what fellowship is all about and what we're called to experience together in this community called the church. Because true fellowship is community that is based on and rooted in one common core, one common interest. It's a community centered around one shared something, whatever that something might be. You have fellowship around something, don't you? You have fellowship around something. Everyone in this fellowship, in this community, is bound together by one thing. So in Tolkien's story, the Fellowship of the Ring, they share the same quest. They share the same desire to destroy that ring. There's their one thing. And here in the church, our shared something in this community must be the truth of Jesus Christ. The story of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, the salvation gift that he offers us must be at the core of this community and at the core of our relationships. It's the one common denominator that makes us a fellowship. We are about Jesus. So our worshiping together must be about Jesus, not about styles, not about preferences. Our eating together, like we're going to do at the picnic today, this afternoon, 
It's about experiencing the common bond of Jesus and building relationships around that core, not just enjoying the company of strangers or friends. Our learning together is about growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, not just learning some interesting facts that we do nothing with. Our serving together is about imitating the love and compassion of Jesus Christ to a world desperate to, 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 be, to experience it, not just about being good people. The truth of who Jesus is, the truth of what Jesus has done, is that shared something for us that defines us, that binds us together. Now, that sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? After all, you're here at church. That's what church is all about. Why else would we be here if we didn't have that shared Jesus experience and story? Yeah, being devoted to this fellowship, to this community, centered on the core of Jesus Christ is far from a given. <laughs> Many of us, I think if we were honest, would have to admit that, that oftentimes Jesus is not that core. Jesus is not that center for us. I would guess that many of us come here to meet our friends. That's the core of why we're here. We love to spend time with our friends, with the people who share our hobbies and interests, maybe political uh, perspectives, and we love to get together afterwards. We see them once a week, and we're really here Yes, we sing. Yes, we come and we sit through the sermon. But we're here because of our friends and our social connection. That's the core. Or maybe it's good worship. Maybe we really like the music and maybe even the sermon every once in a while. And that's really the core. But it's not really Jesus. For some of us, maybe we have a whole family unit here. Grandpa and grandma and mom and dad and, and our kids. And we love to connect with our family once a week. And family's the core of why we're here Maybe it's just a comfortable feeling that we have. And that, sometimes those comfortable feelings, those comfortable connections we have can prevent us. They actually prevent us from becoming the kind of community that God has called us to be. We, we share these safe social somethings. And we feel like we have fellowship. But Jesus never really becomes our shared something. We aren't really centered on him. We aren't really telling his story. And if this community, if the relationships we have here are not about Jesus at their core, then we might as well meet somewhere else for that kind of fellowship. Pick your favorite coffee shop to go tell each other stories of your summer vacation. Go to the golf course if you just want to talk about the U.S. Open. Meet your friends on your back porch to talk about your kids and your grandkids. Go to your favorite political rally if you just want to talk politics. But here in this place, as part of this community, as part of this fellowship, we share life together around Jesus. Here we must tell his story. So why should we want to do that? Why should we want to be a part of this fellowship and invest ourselves highly in this kind of community with Jesus at the center? 
why not simply go go fellowship with your fellow sports fans if you want to go talk tigers go go do that something why not just fellowship with your cottage neighbors why not just stick together with your parents from you know fellow parents from school those communities provide plenty of fun plenty of, of good entertainment without much work without high expectations like like this relationship does they're easy why not just stick to those John invites us into this fellowship around Jesus, into the true community of the church, because he says in verse 4, this is where true joy is found. This is where true joy in life is found. Sharing life together with Jesus Christ at the core, his salvation message, his grace message, his love message, this is the kind of community that will truly satisfy. Everything else will leave you, will leave you dissatisfied, will leave you empty. This is the community, this is the fellowship that goes beyond shallow happiness and brings us to true joy. This is where, where we can know others and be truly known. This is where we can know each other intimately enough and honestly enough that we will share the joys and struggles of life together and journey together. This is where we can be encouraged and challenged in life to truly worship, to truly learn, to truly serve. This is where together we will, we will grow up together into mature children of God and, and where together we can transform this world by the power of God working through us together. This is the, the place, this is the fellowship where we, can, where we can experience a taste of heaven right here on earth. Sharing life together with Jesus at the core is what we were created for. It's what you were created for. It's what I was created for. It's what this world is searching for, whether they realize it or not. This is a story that they need, and they need to hear in us. They need to see in us. This kind of fellowship, this kind of community, let me tell you, will not happen does not happen simply by sitting in the same big room for one hour each week. It won't. Truly sharing life together takes an intentional decision on your part and my part. The easiest path is to be satisfied with fake community. To build fellowship around something other than Jesus then we can enjoy each other's company. We can have fun together. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about sports. We can talk about whatever we want to without having to, to pursue the work that true community demands. And no one will ask us how we're doing spiritually. No one will challenge us in our spiritual growth. No one will interfere with our favorite sins that we really don't want to let go of. And no one will share their hurts and struggles with us so that we feel responsible to have to walk alongside of them and care for them. We can choose fake. And that's what we will be satisfied with unless we make the decision to go beyond the surface, to experience true fellowship that happens not in a big room like this, but happens usually in a small group with a few people who learn to love each other well in Jesus' name with him at the center.
But if we do take that step, if we do choose true fellowship with Jesus at the core, then know that we're going to have to learn how to embrace the diverse family of God. Right? God promised in Scripture that where two or three are gathered, He will show up. I think He made that promise because He knew that wherever two or three of us are gathered together, there's sure to be differences and disagreements and arguments, and we'd be blown apart if He wasn't there to hold us together. You see, true fellowship doesn't depend on all of us agreeing on anything other than the shared core of Jesus Christ. Right? Outside of that core of Jesus Christ, there is great diversity. Again, think about Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. This fellowship of the rings is made up of four hobbits, two humans, one wizard, an elf, and a dwarf. And if you watch the movie, you read the book, you know that elves hate dwarves and dwarves hate elves. And neither of them liked or trust the humans. And the humans, the two humans that are most like each other, who should have been allies, they hate each other. They try and kill each other. And yet, and yet they're unified around this shared cause. Through all their diversity, through all their differences, and they are about as different as you can get, they learn not just to tolerate each other, but to truly appreciate each other and to love each other deeply. In fact, it was their diversity that ultimately brings them success in their task. And that's exactly what we see in the New Testament church, in the New Testament community, in the New Testament fellowship that we must embrace and imitate here now. Right? Their, their New Testament fellowship that we read about in the book of Acts was with men and women together in a culture that didn't do that. Their fellowship was with Jews and Greeks together, even though history said they hated each other. Their fellowship was with slaves and masters together, unheard of. Their fellowship was with rich and poor, sharing the same seat together. We so often assume that good fellowship depends on being comfortable with people like us who think like us, look like us, act like us, share our same opinions. That that's a key ingredient to good fellowship. That's why we're so quick to run to a different church as soon as we can't agree on everything, right? It's just not true. True fellowship depends only on the unity around Jesus Christ. Beyond that, we grow together and we do ministry together better because of our diversity. And finally, true community as God intended is deeply dedicated. It holds on to each other very, very tightly. It doesn't let each other go. And so in in the New Testament church, the believers loved each other so deeply that they were willing to fight for each other, to die for each other because of their love, their shared love of Jesus Christ. That deep dedication leads these early Christians to sell whatever they have and to give to their brothers and sisters in need. It is that deep dedication you can read about in the Acts that leads Peter and Paul to go toe-to-toe in anger and argue and fight and then continue on to do ministry together. 
It's that deep dedication that leads these small Christian communities in the, in the midst of enemy territory to stand together in the face of persecution and poverty and even death. They are bound together by the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus is at the core, and they couldn't help but learn to love each other as they learned to love him. And as they lived out that deep, deep fellowship together, you know what they were doing? They were telling a story to the world around them, to the world that was watching them. They were telling the story of Jesus Christ to them. They were telling the story of the love of God that crosses all these social and political and economic divides that we set up. They were telling the story about the grace of God that can reach down and transform anyone, no matter how great their guilt, no matter how deep their sin, no matter how far the distance, and can bring them into the family. They were telling the story of salvation to anyone who would listen. They were telling the story of the community of God, the fellowship of God, centered on Jesus Christ, where anybody can accept the free gift from God and experience the love and grace and forgiveness and compassion of the Father God. What a story that they told as they lived out the love and grace and forgiveness and compassion of God with each other. God has called you and me together to tell his story to the world around us, to be the fellowship of Jesus Christ, to be a community that clearly shares Jesus Christ at the center, and to build relationships here that are diverse and deeply dedicated to each other and to Jesus so that the world might know. So ask yourselves this morning, is that the kind of community the kind of fellowship that you want to be a part of. Is it? I would guess that many of you here this morning are already experiencing that kind of fellowship, that kind of community. You're experiencing it in your life group, right? You have a small group of people who are unified by Jesus. You're very diverse, and yet you're sharing life together with Jesus at the core. Maybe you're finding that kind of fellowship in your Bible study group. Maybe you have a group of two or three close friends that you are the fellowship of Jesus Christ together. Or maybe when I asked you that question, you thought, hmm, I really don't have that anywhere. I'm looking for that here in this room one hour a week. And it's just not working. as the fellowship of the ring traveled through Middle Earth. The leaders of the nations all around them were watching, right? The world was watching them. And their fellowship inspired them. How these longtime enemies could become friends, could share this deep, deep commitment to a common purpose, it baffled them. 
and it so inspired them that you know what they did? They joined the gods. Elves, dwarves, humans, all rose to the occasion together. They gathered as a community, as a fellowship around a common cause, a common purpose. That's fiction. You know what the fact is? The fact is the world around us is watching us today, right now. They're watching the church. They're watching the Christian community. They're listening to the story that we are telling to them. In our words and in our actions and in our stances, we better be telling the story of Jesus. We better be the kind of community that inspires people when they see us. We better be the kind of community that God can use to draw people around us into his family. We better be the kind of community where the world around us can discover the complete joy, the true joy that comes from the one core that we share, that comes from the amazing grace and love of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Pray with me that we're telling that story. Father God, we are telling stories to the world around us whether we realize it or not. They're watching us. Those of us who wear the name Christian, those of us who speak the name of Jesus, they're watching us as a community to see how we, how we live. Father, I pray that when they see us, they would see a beautiful unity within our diversity. I pray that they would see your love being lived out in us and through us. I pray they would see your grace being lived out in us and through us. I pray they'd see your mercy being lived out in us and through us. I pray they'd see your compassion being lived out in us and through us. I pray that they'd be, that they would see your salvation story being lived out in us and through us together. Father, if you have moved in someone's heart here this morning to say, I don't have that kind of community. I don't have that kind of fellowship, but I want it. I pray you give any of us the courage to ask for it to help find those two or three individuals or families or couples to begin this journey, to begin this fellowship, to begin this community together. Because on our own, Father, we'll fade and we'll fall. But together, celebrating our unity amidst our diversity, we'll tell a beautiful story and we'll stand strong for you. And so I pray for Ivan Rest Church specifically, Father. I pray that this community might be one that pleases you. That, that you can use 
to tell your story to this world. Forgive us when we fail. Reshape us where we need to be reshaped. And tell your story loudly through us together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.